podcast is the group. So welcome to another episode, the five-year anniversary episode. So first and foremost, shout out to the boss lady who's running around somewhere out of the city. <laughs> we don't know where, but somewhere she's running around yeah, having Mo. a good time. So, Mo, enjoy yourself. We're going to hold it down for you. We'll wait, and we'll wait we, till she get back so yeah, we can do it. Do it real toast. big. Yeah. So, you know, we just want to say thank you to you for having us, sticking beside us, pushing us to succeed to where we are today. And, folks, if you don't know, it's been a it's been a nice little run. Mm-hmm. You know, but like they say, the grind don't stop. Mighty Mouse, thanks for tuning in. Always a good friend of the show. So everybody, chime in when you can, if you can. We will definitely get you acknowledged on air. But getting back to the boss lady, Heat 100 Radio is our home now. This is where we are. This is where we've been for the past five years. And just want to say thank you again to her and everybody else that's here with us. Um, all the other shows that are here that support us, you know, and we support you as well. And we just appreciate the love and support that we get. Still growing. Um viewership listenership is still growing i get stuff uh almost every day every other day for people that want to join the group i'm getting more follows people that want to follow as we uh do what we do so we appreciate all the support from all over uh our reach now if my partner didn't know if i haven't mentioned it to you our reach you know chicago with shawana jordan we got Texas with Mike Kelly, a couple other people out there. Louisiana with Tiffany Singleton. Uh, Florida with my uncle, Rodney Gaines. And then everybody else that we know that are our homies that appreciate and enjoy what we do. And like I said, we bring you sports, but we bring you sports on a different level. We bring it to you as a fan but we also try to get people to understand the business side, the other side of being a mm-hmm. fan. Because it, it, the other side, as far as the business side, gets lost in the mix a lot of times. And I'm speaking on that because, you know, Sixers just hired a new coach. And immediately, and slightly before that, there was a lot of rumors. And there's still going to be rumors. It's going to be, it's constant. It, it, it's what happens in the world of sports. Mm-hmm. People are talking about the Joel Embiid possibly trade and the Ben Simmons trade for this person and that person. When, if you pay attention, General Manager Elton Brand said at the end of the season, he's not looking to trade either one of those guys. Mm-hmm. He's looking to do a better job, better job putting complimentary players around them. And he so, they are the reason why he came here. Absolutely. So it would make no sense for him to move either, move either one of those guys when they were part of the reason why he came here to mm-hmm. do this, what he does. So we're going to work with him. And, I mean, I, I like we talked about it when it happened, I really, really see a change. Uh, I think it's going to be a turn. The page is going to be turned. And it just showed with Elton Brand. Initially, when he got the job, he made the trade for Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris, Mm -hmm. which at the time were great moves for the team where they were. Great moves. Unfortunately, it got to the point where free agency came and hit us, and there was possibly 
no way they could keep both of them, which I think we could have found. We should have found a way to try and keep both of them. But when things went the way they went with Jimmy behind the scenes and a lot of stuff that a lot of fans don't really know about, but we know because we got some inside tracks, but we're not going to talk mm-hmm. about that right mm-hmm. now. So, and I tell people all the time, in essence, at that particular point, you couldn't let both of them walk. You could. You know, and when it happened, I said to myself, wasn't too, too much in agreement with the money. But again, I see the other side where it's like I said, they couldn't let both of them walk. So you had to keep one of them, and you pretty much at that point had to do whatever you needed mm-hmm. to do to keep one of them here, and that's what they did. So we got Doc Rivers in the building, and Stan Groovy Laws, thanks for tuning in. Yeah, thanks, Stan. Blessings to you too, bro. Appreciate you. And it is what it is, but I think some things are going to happen. Uh, they just hired two other guys to help Elton Brand, two more basketball guys to help Elton Brand, who did decent jobs with Pacers and the Orlando Magic. They did pretty good jobs there, so that's a help. That's a plus. Um, that's, you can check that box, you know, if you will. And, and I think things are going to be better. And, again, the Philadelphia fan base is immediate in nature. When I say that, I mean they want things to happen immediately. But impatient. you have to yeah, an impatient. But you have to understand where we are. It's not going to happen immediately. Mm-hmm. It may have something may happen this year where we'll get to start to see a turn, and it's going it's got to be a progression, and mm-hmm. it's going to be a progression. But again, the first move of hiring Doc Rivers as coach was a great move. Mm-hmm. Then the second move of hiring Dave David Yeager as an assistant was another great move. Because before he was let go with the Kings, he did a decent job he, with the yeah, Kings. He, he, he pretty did. much got the Kings on that ramp upward to where they are yeah. right now. And a lot of people, a lot of people who may be listening, who may not, who may not dig in the crates about who just came in the front office, just go read up on them. Just Absolutely. Get, identify yeah. yourself with what's going on because you know you'll you'll hear about these moves happening, and and you may not clearly understand why they are happening and right. who they're bringing in. Opposed to what we already had, right? You know what I mean. Yep. And I think, I think for you know, for the Sixers, and we always talk, but I think for the Sixers, it's it's a thing about identity. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I can't speak no for chill. anybody else. Good morning to you too. I think that Doc Rivers brings an identity that this team didn't have. Right. You know, the team yeah. we didn't know what at one time we were a defense team. Yep. Then I, then Brett Brown said we got to score more, yep. so we became this offensive team. Yeah. But what Doc Rivers gives is a balance. Yep. And, and one of the things he said repeatedly is, I don't know if you watch the teams that I play, but the teams that I've had, we score. Yeah. But we also know how to lock in and get possessions. Absolutely. So that's that and accountability thing yeah. and effort he was talking yep. about. So I'm, I'm, I mean, I can't wait. And one of the biggest things... We, we were so locked in to get yeah. Mark Jackson. We yeah. didn't know Doc was one coming. The, one of the other things I like about what uh, Doc Rivers said was, and this goes piggybacking to the all the rumors of the Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons possible trades or alleged trades. Like I said, rumors, rumors, rumors. Doc Rivers has said several occasions, when they on the floor together, those two, they win 65% of their games. Mm-hmm. 
Right now in the East, I may be stretching a little bit, but the way the East is set up right now, 65% can get you into the playoffs. Most definitely. Most definitely. In an 82-game season, 65% will get you into the playoffs. Now, it's just a matter of where you get seeded at, but I think 65% of your winning, 65% wins in the East will get you in the playoffs. Definitely. Yeah. So... I got a gentleman. I got a. I got a brother of mine who's a. Uh, he's a coach. My man Rob. You might know Rob as well. Rob uh, is over at Alvernia, but he was over at Rosemount. Like he just got a mm-hmm. heck of a, heck of a man. He just resourceful. He's right. a. He's a basketball guy. So I'll see if I can bring him in on the camera. And I'll shoot it over to him, and if yeah. he can, we'll we'll lock him in. Yes, indeed. And we'll get his take on the Sixers thing. He's a diehard Sixers fan as well. Yeah. And it's early, so yep. it would be it would be wonderful, right? Yeah. If so you, you know, see just this, so Sixers fans, Sixers fans like myself and my partner here with me today, just know it, it's it's going to be some work being done over the summer. Mm-hmm. You can just feel it. You can sense it with Doc Rivers being here, and like I said, the adjustments they've made in the front office, the determination, and the angst of Elton Brandon, and especially the way we went out in the bubble yeah. this season. Nobody expected that, and it was it was hurtful for all of our fans. It was super hurtful and upsetting for Elton Brandon as a GM for what he had done and looking at the roster on paper, like we always say, what the expectations were. But still, you also have to play the games, and you have to be coached. And again, Doc Rivers can work with these personalities because he's done it in the past. Mm-hmm. He won a championship with strong personalities, if you will, in Boston with KG, Rondo, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, especially KG. I mean, I love KG, but that personality, his intensity and his love for the game gives him that personality that was dealt with by Doc. And it took them a long way. So we'll see, definitely see what happens. So, with that being said, we're going to get into some sports stuff. As we always, we're going to give you some scores and some news. Got a couple things we want to talk about. We're definitely going to talk about this football season, this week six. And we're just going to talk about the football season in general. And it ties into everything that's going on today. You know, if you listen to the news, if you listen to people in the politrix, the politrix people, as I like to call them, the politicians, you know, not the magicians, but the politicians, as we call them. Kevin Wolf, thanks for tuning in again. They're saying that once this weather really starts to break and we hit into winter, that there will be another spike in this coronavirus. So got some football stuff to talk about in regards to that, and we'll get to that. So week six, Sunday, yesterday, Houston falls to Tennessee. 42-36. Denver surprises New England, 18-12. That's big. Yeah. Cincinnati loses to Indianapolis. Atlanta gets a win, 40-23 to over Minnesota. Kirk Cousins threw three or four interceptions in the first half alone. Mm-hmm. So he's back to being the Kirk Cousin that we knew regular, from Washington. Regular, regular. Baltimore at Philadelphia. Philadelphia falls in a valiant late game effort, 30-28. Talk a little bit about that as well. Pittsburgh beats up on Cleveland, 38-7. to 
Chicago, surprisingly at 5-1 right now, beat Carolina 23-16. Detroit uh, outlasts Jacksonville 34-16. Miami beats the Jets 24-zip. Green Bay falls to Tampa Bay, battle of the Bays, 38-10. And Sunday night's closeout game, San Francisco defeats the Rams, a division game for them, 24-16. Ryan Dendy, thanks for tuning in. Uh, tonight, closing out week six, you've got two Monday night games and two Monday night games last week, two Monday night games this week. This is all part of what we're going to get to a little bit later on down the line. With all this coronavirus and COVID, now they actually have a COVID list mm-hmm. for teams, which is really strange. And again, people, you might say I'm being redundant. You might say you're tired of hearing it, but I tell you from the very beginning, and I told you from the very beginning, a lot, these other sports leagues should have followed as best they could the NBA. The NBA. Yep. Now, the NBA, don't get me wrong. The NBA did have a couple pop-ups where some guys left the bubble and whatever and had to be, had to be quarantined again, mm-hmm. you know, some other things. But for the most part, they handled it very well. Mm-hmm. And I said the biggest key to them handling it as well as they did was when they went into preparations for the bubble – they didn't just look at what they were going to do in the bubble. They, they also looked forward and had plans in place if this happens, if that happens. So people, other, other leagues should have followed the NBA team. I give hockey some credit, the NHL some credit, because they did pretty well themselves in their own bubble where they had two, two places where they had teams playing out of. So they did okay. Baseball, football. Yeah, y'all should have paid attention. Mm-hmm. So tonight, closing out week six uh, at 5 p.m., Kansas City at Buffalo, and the regular 8-15 Monday night game, Arizona at Dallas tonight without Dak Prescott. Unfortunately, a lot of trash talk, too, between, um, between those quarterbacks there. Who's that? Uh, Pat Holmes Pete, and, uh, Pat and, uh, Holmes uh, and uh, 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 Allen. Uh, yeah. They've been well, talking about who's got the strongest arm. So they've been saying little stuff here and there. Mm-hmm. And they've been showing them on camera, like airing it out. And, right. You know, so, so I'm waiting to see what this if, thing. I got them in fantasy football, so I need it. I need, I need and I hear that. So if, I take, if I take, if I had I to 20. be, if I had to be put on the spot and pick one of those two guys, I'm going with Big Red's quarterback yeah. and Pat Mahomes. Yeah. And I say that because of what he's done so far. Mm-hmm. You know, Jared Goff, I mean, Jared Goff, Josh Jared Allen Josh is having a great season so far, but it's about time. Yeah. You know, it's about time for him to have not so much a great season, but it's about time for him to start performing you know, like the draft pick that he was. Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball, we are now set for the World Series. Had game seven yesterday in the National League Championship Series. The Dodgers outlast the Braves 4-3. Mm-hmm. In other sports news, Lopez stuns oh, Lomachenko mm. to become the undisputed lightweight king. Mm. Ivan Robinson brought that to my attention, but I was definitely headed in my notes to get to it. So thanks for reminding me. And, you know, I was definitely going to get to it. But that was a surprise to a mm-hmm. lot of people, I'm sure. Me included. Mm-hmm. And... 
you know, it, there was some talk about people couldn't find Lomachenko and who's he going to fight and this, that, and the third. Well, he found somebody to fight, and he met his match. So you have Lopez. I forget his first name, but Lopez against Thunge Lomachenko to become the undisputed lightweight king. The Tampa Bay Rays had advanced to the World Series already prior to uh, Game 7 of the National League Championship Series last night. So we've got the Dodgers and the Rays playing from in the World Series in the Major League Baseball. Jeff Van Gundy is a finalist for the Houston Rockets job. Uh, another injury to report in the NFL, and this is just one that I just saw off the top of my head and jotted it down real quick. Uh, the Steelers linebacker Devin Bush tears his ACL. There was an injury in the game last night. Mm -hmm. Raheem Mostert yeah. again seemed to tweak an injury, so we don't know his status as of yeah. We don't know his status as of yet. I'm waiting for that to come through. Uh, yeah, like we mentioned in our opening, Dave Yeager is joining Doc Rivers' staff as assistant coach with the Sixers. Daryl Morey, former GM of the Rockets, has stepped down. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, relieved himself of his duties there. Mm -hmm. um, just staying there for a second. Now that they're now they're in need of a GM and a head coach, and again, like I said, Jeff Van Gundy, uh, the analyst, is a finalist for that job. But besides that, there are some other problems uh, going on in Houston, and it's kind of a trail, kind of a like paper trail, if you will, with Mike D'Antoni. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about it, and I talked about it to several other people, and it's just known that everywhere he goes, he tends to take teams that were either mid-level, decent, or somewhere um, ascending or attempting to ascend to the top tier, and he breaks them down. Mm -hmm. He broke Houston down, and it all started back when they traded away Clint Capella. They had just re-signed Clint Capella because of his play, and rightfully so, he earned that money. And then they trade him away, and they wanted to go super small ball. Because there was a time um, they were playing in the playoffs, Robert Covington, former sixer at 6'7", six, mm -hmm. was their starting center, which was not going to cut it. Was not okay. going to cut it. Then I've seen rumors where, you know, the initial rumors started with Mike D'Antoni possibly being a candidate for the Sixers job until Doc Rivers emerged, which I thank God happened. Mm -hmm. Because I could not have been as much of a fan as I have been with Mike D'Antoni coming here. You got rid of anybody. Uh, now there's been rumors that the Houston Rockets are interested in Joel Embiid and they're looking to trade the house except for James Harden. And then today I see this morning that there might be some rumors or there are some rumors that James Harden may be on the verge of also being moved. So Houston is a mess right now Houston, we have a problem yeah the Sixers hired like we said two front office people to help uh former Pacers front office man Peter Dinwiddie and Magic front office Peter Carangua so that should help Elton Brand I think uh and I say that and this is no disrespect to the ownership I love the ownership because finally the Sixers are in that luxury tax where they haven't been Mm -hmm. in the past few seasons or whatever. So they don't have a problem with spending the money that they need to make the team what they want it to be. Right. I just think that they needed more basketball minds in that front office to help Elton Brand get along. And you see Pacers, not too bad. 
you know? Magic yeah. up yeah. and coming. So I think it's I going think to help. Things are looking up. Yeah. I, I think it's definitely going to help. So just to get into some of these football games from yesterday, like I said, we, we talked about the Eagles. Since we're here for I know Baldy, you're, you're a 49ers fan. But you always keep it 100 with me when mm-hmm. we talk Eagles because we're just talking football. You know, for sakes of sports discussion is, is what we do here. Mm-hmm. And, again, second week in a row, I saw some things that, as the cliche goes, some good in it and some positives that you can take right. from yesterday's game. I think yesterday's game ultimately boiled down to play calling, late in the game, but I also saw that the offense is bad. Yeah. There's no other way to put it. The offense is bad. And at this point, you can't say, well, it's it's on hold or it's on pause, whatever, because, excuse me, uh, Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are not playing. You can't, we can't use that anymore. I okay. tried not. I tried not to go into. Um, I had a conversation with uh, you know Putt. Yeah. So Putt's son, Little Rome. I had a conversation with him, and um, he's like, "No, nah, they can't blame this one. They can't blame this one on 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 the quarterback." And this is what I told him. I said, "I understand you feel that way, but they give them the credit when they win." Absolutely. So you got to give them all the credit when yeah. they lose. Yeah, right. there are parts of that game that he has no part in what the defense does and things of that mm-hmm. nature. And I get that. He's not out there catching the ball. He's right. throwing the ball. Yep. Drop passes happen, yeah. which can, can stymie a possession. Mm-hmm. I get that. But let's look at how many possessions you had. Don't right. just look at the drop pass. Right. Because that drop pass could have been, it, it. well, a couple of them were in third down situations. Mm-hmm. In those third downs, you only completed about three of the third downs. Of yeah. I think it was 13 or 14 of them you had. Yeah. So you're talking about drives that stopped, not because of all drop passes. Mm-hmm. Some had issues of, of front-line situations where he was forced out and they collapsed mm-hmm. on him. I get all that. But there are times that, that Carson Wentz holds on to the ball. Too long. And... There has to be an outlet. They, mm-hmm. Y'all almost got to go to a pro set. Yeah. You almost got to break it down to mm-hmm. go to a pro set and have and have two running backs. One's going to stay when you see that coverage. Yeah. So that's going to be the blocker. They can delay block and yep. then peel out. Yeah. Opposite directions. You right. can go here. You can go here. But the but the issue is him not having those options in those short areas. Absolutely. Because you know they coming, so you need yep. an additional blocker. It, it, yeah, it, it goes. But into, you got to look. Yeah, he's the quarterback. It, it goes into that thing, like we say, KYP. Yeah, know your yeah. personnel. Know your personnel. And this goes all the way across the board. So, instead of that old, that normal cliche A for effort mm-hmm. in regards to Carson Wentz, I give him a B minus for effort mm-hmm. because I, I see that he is trying. Right, he is definitely trying. There's no doubt about that. But on the flip side of that, like Baldy just mentioned, the play calling has to change. 
he at more times than not has to get rid of the ball or use his feet. And when I say play calling, the coach knows that he's at his best when he's out of the pocket, when he has the ability to roll out right. of the pocket. You have to design stuff for that to happen, to get him comfortable in the beginning of the games. And you already know your personnel. You can't mm-hmm. say it's because it's Travis Fogum and uh, whoever these other guys are. These are the guys that you practice with. Exactly. So you know what you know what you're getting into. You know what you have going into a game. So the play calling for me has to be altered, has to be changed. And I think at this point, and we talked about this back in week two, at this point, you have to incorporate, you're beginning to do it, but you have to incorporate Jalen Hurts a lot more than what you are right now. Because he's that double, he's that double threat. He can throw it and he can run it. So now, when you use him more than what you have been using him, you kind of shake up teams' game planning now. And you don't have to legitimately show your hand early in the game, but in different moments when you feel like that team has a read on what you're doing, it's when you use guys like that. So now you got the defense on the heels. You got the defensive coordinator thinking, wait a minute, is this just going to be one play, two plays, or is he going to be a bigger part of this game? Now I got to adjust mm-hmm. a little bit more than just the normal adjust because you always have to make adjustments. Right, right. So now you have to get them That's to the, the point. You have to get game. them to the point where they have to make more adjustments than they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, I give him a B minus because his effort. I see the effort, but he can only do so much. And I say B minus because there are throws that I've seen him make that I know he can make that at this point right now he's not making. Mm-hmm. And you can't blame it on the drops. Because like Bob just mentioned, drops will happen. They will but miss. It's a part of the game. some of the passes that he's been missing are passes that quarterbacks should be able to throw in their fifth year being the number mm-hmm. one pick. Some of these passes, you've got to be able to make those passes. And, and again, and I and I let me say this too, because like we'll start diving into different things about it. And mm-hmm. I might I might kind of like get ahead of myself where you have people that may not understand what we saying in general. Right. But it's a it's enough information out here for you to kind of catch up to what we saying. Oh, yeah. And all I'm saying is when I say pro set. A pro set just requires you to have two running backs, mm-hmm. right? And you can have them at the slot, but you still have three receivers. You have a tight end and two wide receivers. Mm-hmm. And and in most cases, <coughs> they're tighter in right. to kind of conceal what a defense wants yep. to do in a blitz package. Yep. You can always use motion to mm-hmm. add a third wide receiver, which would be that other running mm-hmm. back. So you can start mm-hmm. off with two in the backfield and move one over, mm-hmm. and then you can move them back. Yep. You know? and, and at this point, the 16 hits on Carson Wentz, was it six or seven sacks yesterday? You, you have to understand as a coach that you need to help that offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know what that offensive line is. There, there's not much you can do about it right now. So you got to play with those guys. But you have guys on your roster that you can use to help that situation is what we're what we're both saying. That's what Baldy means when you had the pro set. Mm-hmm. So, the Giants got a win yesterday. It was ugly. It wasn't pretty. But they did get a win. So, now everyone in the NFC East has at least one win. Dallas is sitting at the top with two wins. 
funky, funky division right now. It's it's arguably, if not, the worst division in the NFL right now. You got somebody in first place with two wins. The second place team is one, four, and one. The other two teams are one and five. So it's a horrible division. And unfortunately, somebody from that division is going to make the playoffs because somebody's got to win the division. Right. And that's probably going to be the only team out of that division to make the playoffs this year. You know, that that's where we are with that. Yeah, I was waiting on uh, my man Burr. He's he's trying to log in here, trying to get in here because mm-hmm. he's he's been having some. He wanted to have a little conversation about uh, about Jalen Hurts as well. So the minute mm-hmm. he logs in, I'll give you the signal and let you know he's back on there. Okay. So yeah, I mean, it, it's got to be a lot more Jalen Hurts talk. And we talked about that. Yeah, last week because you drafted him for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, and a lot of people were immediately thinking, "Ooh, what's going on with Carson Wentz? Are they trying to replace him or not?" When you have someone with that skill set, the way your season is going right now, you've got to get everything you can out of that player and his skill set right now. You have to. It's the only way you're going to possibly salvage the season. I mean, it's not going to be pretty the rest of the way. But the best thing for the Eagles is they still have one, two, three more. They have at least three more. Division games. Well, they got two, four. They got five division games left. They got Dallas twice. They got the Giants twice starting this Thursday. And they got one more against the Washington football team. All right, Bird. We got you, too. Yeah. Good morning, Bird. But a guy with... Yeah. But a guy with... uh, With... Absolutely. Right. That's what you hear, brother. Bird, what's happening, brother? Hey, listen, man. I need your little spin on what's going on here. My man, that's the way. Thank you, bro. Mm-hmm. I think a, a lot of that is part of the, is 
contribute to. He doesn't trust what he has in front of him. So a lot of times, uh, he's not stepping into through. Right, 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 right. Going away from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of it's been like, it's been times where it, it might have been, if you look at the replay, some of the screens are set up pretty good, but then you'll see Carson like throw it at the foot or mm-hmm. over the, the, the running back head. Yeah. And yeah. people say that's mechanics, which it is, but I, like I said, I, I just think that part of his issue is when you have so many backups mm-hmm. and lack of talent, I don't think he trusts what's in front of him. And he's in his own head. And then it all, I also think that plays a part into sometimes him holding the ball a lot. Right. Absolutely. And yep. this guy can fall. He looked down and feel nobody's open, so he's trying to make a play. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, uh, it works. But then sometimes he got to learn how to just throw the ball away. Away. And just play for the next Absolutely. play. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. I, I think that's, 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 that's part of his issues right there. But I think the last three games against three good defenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the competitive side. Yeah, I think. I, I, think yeah, I just think that uh, when I look at it now, it really shows how Howie Roseman let the team down. Absolutely. Listen, all these draft picks over the last four or five years. Yep. Yeah, yeah. At the fist, like, I mean, you got J.J. Ortega Whiteside, second round pick. He is giving Who can't even get on the field yeah, right now. Yeah, he can't even get on the field. If you, look at, uh, if you look at Andre Dillon, like, even though he hurt, Pick, that's somebody you could have got later on in the draft. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and what happens too, Bird, and Bird, what happens too is when your team's not playing well, everything, the whole the, the whole jacket gets yeah, pulled off. The, the skirt gets, yeah. it gets pulled off. And you know, and you able to see different stuff, right. like you said, with missed draft picks, had they yep. took this pay. They listen, DK Metcalf was in that, was in that was loop in that too. Loop. Yep. You had two picks before him. Mm-hmm. Look at Justin Jefferson. Now, they you looked, did take your running back. You yeah. did take Sanders, Sanders as your running back. But look back. at this year. They went with Jalen Rager. It wasn't like it was a bad pick. Right. right. It wasn't. They went with Jalen Rager as a sleeper. The Eagles could have had DJ Metcalf and Justin Jackson. Right. I was just getting ready to say, they they looked at the sleeper pick. Yeah. So, I was just getting ready to say, they looked at the sleeper pick. Right. Right. They they looked at the sleeper pick, or as they, as it turns out to be the sleeper pick with Jalen Rager, and they could have taken Justin Jefferson from LSU. Yeah, he was yeah, there for the taking. But I also wanted to add, Bird, real quick. One of the misconceptions I think that's going on right now with the Philadelphia fan base is the fact that Carson Wentz did what he did 
the past two seasons with the injury bug. And the injury bug is just growing and growing and growing. At some point, it's the NFL. At some point, teams are going to catch up. Yeah. So it's like, like you said, teams are forcing Carson Wentz's hand and him being in his own head, being the player that he is, the competitive player that he is, he's getting the rap because he's the quarterback, and we all know that. But there are things that are going on that he can't control. Right. And like you said, that trust issue is a major, major issue Mm -hmm. in the NFL right now, Mm -hmm. especially with the Eagles and Carson Wentz. All right. All right, well, Bert, we ain't going to hold you, brother. You know what I mean? I'm glad you tuned in, my brother. Yes, sir. You always saying you got to get down here. I know Mondays is hard for you, brother, but we're going to figure something out, man. Cause Absolutely. You know, I got respect for your voice, even we, though me and you go at each other next yeah, all we, day we long. Are, we are adjustable, you know. All right. Well, we look, are adjustable. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our, our, schedule is, yeah. Our schedule can be adjustable yeah. because we on in the morning. All right. Well, well look, I ain't going to hold you, brother, so I'm going to holler at you later, man. Appreciate you tuning in. All right, thanks, Bird, for tuning in. Uh, George Santos, thanks for tuning in. Sheena, Mil- Sheena Nicole Milligan, thanks for tuning in. Shout out to you and Frank. Happy happy anniversary, happy, happy birthday anniversary. to you, to you, Frank. We know you and your you riding your high horse now. The Lakers won. The 49ers got back on the winning track, so we know where yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. enjoy y'all time together. Yeah. Enjoy your anniversary. Enjoy her birthday. We'll talk to you another yeah. time. Frank so, called me early this morning. It's like, not too bad with all these injured players. Yeah. I'm about to be like, why you didn't call me last week when we got bombed? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> so, moving along, I'm going to lead a football thing for right now. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, no, I'm not going to lead a football thing. So, we've got two Monday night games tonight. I think we had two Monday night games last week. We had a Tuesday game. Mm-hmm. And it's all evolving around everything that's going on in general, in society today with COVID-19. The NFL is the first league, or I think the only league, I'm pretty sure, that actually has a COVID-19 list for players. Right. It all started with the Tennessee Titans. And from what I'm hearing, there are going to be some stiff, hefty fines, some, some stuff going on yeah. as far as the NFL with the Titans. Because... Initially, they didn't follow protocol, Mm -hmm. and then when it hit them, they continued to not follow protocol because players were at a high school practicing. Your facility was shut down. Dudes, it was shut down for a reason, Mm -hmm. okay? But you all wanted to be who you were, and you wanted to go and practice somewhere else, and it's exploded. So now you've got all these schedule changes. You've got people, you've got teams that are bye weeks that are getting switched around, We've got two Monday night games. We got a Tuesday night game in football. And it's getting to the point where it's starting to look worse than baseball. And baseball was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, it was. Baseball, I think, is still the biggest, but football is right there. Yeah. Like almost neck and neck. Um, you're welcome, Sheena. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they are right neck and neck. Like if this was a race, it's a tie to me. Yeah, it's definitely a tie. It's a tie. There's no control. Nobody got right. any control. And, and the, the funny thing about it is baseball, if you look at the way baseball played, the way these other sports have played, 
baseball was almost the ideal situation to get through COVID-19. Let me tell you what's crazy about that. The fact that baseball, unlike football, they don't have 53 players. Mm-mm. They don't have 53 players on the roster. So baseball, you could have created a bubble situation. Absolutely. Because there are more indoor facilities in baseball than there are right. in football. Yep. You could have created that lane of specific yeah. places where they, and, and where everybody had right. to be at. And, and, and even if you didn't create a bubble, you have to travel mm-hmm. under normal pretenses. You travel, you stay in a hotel. Right. And we know baseball. When you play a team, it's a three-game or sometimes mm-hmm. a four-game series. So let's just use example, the Phillies and the Braves. Right. The Phillies will go down there. They're down there, say a four-game series. That means they're down there for almost a week. Right. They're not staying at home. Right. They're staying in the hotel. Mm-hmm. In these major cities where a lot of these teams are, or right outside of these major cities, there's enough space where you could have put a lump of teams in specific hotels, mm-hmm. only travel when they needed to travel, right. but make sure that they go back to the hotel after the games. I think that was part of the problem with baseball. And, folks, when I mentioned it, when I said initially that baseball was pretty would appear to be the ideal situation to deal with COVID, basketball, you got five players on the court, but you know the uniforms, and I'm going in-depth with this just a little bit. Uniforms in basketball, they're tank tops, so the sweat, pores are open, mm-hmm. they're closing it, you got to box off a of rebounds, you're playing tight D, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Football, guys are right on each other's face, the line of scrimmage, uh, you play press coverage on the outside with the corners, you're right in somebody's face. Mm-hmm. When you're covering the corner, you have to tackle people. So you're in their, in their space, in their zone. Hockey is the same way. It's a little rough. You're in that zone. Baseball, the infielders are all 90 feet away from each other. <laughs> and you talk about six feet, they're 90 feet away from each yeah, other. Yeah. And I'm probably stretching, I'm just guessing here, the three outfielders could possibly be 120 feet away from everybody else, mm-hmm. if you just count. So, in essence, they had the ideal. And then somebody might jump in and say, well, when it gets on base, he's on base. But in Major League Baseball, you can take a lead mm-hmm. off that base. Right. You can get that space. So you can have that spacing. So baseball was one of the, if you look at it for playing devil's advocate or whatever, was ideally the mm-hmm. ideal situa- yeah. a situation to deal with it, and they failed miserably. Mm-hmm. So now we got football that's beginning to fail miserably. And the rash of injuries is another part of the football aspect that came from no training camp, no preseason games. It just wasn't worked out well. Again, kudos to the NBA mm-hmm. who covered all of their bases. Mm-hmm. They did a hell of a job. They went man. with the bubble, but they didn't invite all 30 teams. Mm-hmm. They only invited the teams that were in contention for the playoffs, which I thought was smart. And then they had them in a bubble. And outside of Lou Williams getting the chicken, there was no issues. No issues. I think the only other issue was there. Was issue the one guy left. The one guy left out to go get some food or whatever. Right. But they were right on top of it when and he then got somebody back. Somebody else they said yeah. was was dealing with dealing the chicken. Dealing with chicken. Yeah, but and the that thing turns is, out not to be right. the issue. And, and, and the issue is on top of that, they were right. On, they were prepared 
mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. It's not like they warranted it. They were prepared for it. All of those guys that did what they did got quarantined yeah. when they came back. I mean, Gordon Hayward left the bubble to see the birth of his child. Mm-hmm. Something like that, simple as that. And I'm not saying it's simple just to have a baby, but in that particular situation with dealing with COVID in their bubble, they were on top of it. When he came back, he had to be quarantined yeah, again. Yeah. Well, how about this? They had uh, the way they get their food. I watched, I watched a little snippet on it with the chefs. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, this one lead chef that's there, she walks you through the process of how that yeah, food gets to I did see that too, but I didn't watch the whole thing. And literally, they have zones that's cut off. Literally cut off. So when her man shows up with this food, it cuts off, and yep. you're not even allowed right. in certain areas. And I did see that. They had runners they got that were runs. in their areas that went to another area and, and passed it's like off. Tunnel. It's like, yeah. like the food. And, it, was, and it wasn't like I'm going, I'm going to my limit, and I'm passing off, you yeah. know? So that, like I said, basketball, the NBA gets a lot of respect for me, a lot of kudos for the way they handled it. And like I said, they, they covered just about every possible angle that they could, or every possible angle that they thought of could be a problem for them. But the football issue, and I, I'm just anxious to see what happens with the Tennessee Titans. And for a short while, you know, it, it was a thought and it was a lot of chatter that football season might not get through the entire season. Yeah, I mean, it's already projected to look at 18 weeks in the regular season right now because of all of these reschedules and altering uh, bye weeks and things of that nature. So 18 weeks of football without a preseason with a minimal training camp is going to be rough. And with the new stuff that's being added in where only one team gets to buy. Yeah. And then they're adding other teams in now. So this this year, the playoffs, I think, is going to be borderline a mess. It's going to be difficult, man. And one of the biggest problems in the NFL with this COVID-19 situation is a team that's going to be in contention. Mm Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. The Tennessee Titans are going to be in contention. They are going to be in contention. Now, the question is really going to be, are they going to be able to actually feel their roster to be to continue to be in contention? That's a good question. Because we still <laughs> don't know what's going to happen yeah. with them as far as what the NFL is going to do as far as discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's COVID and then there's discipline. So it's like that scale. And that scale is just bouncing back and forth. Yeah, yeah, it's bouncing back and forth. We don't know what's going to happen. And it's a shame because they're having a pretty good season. They are. They're having a hell of a season. They're having a hell of a season. And it could all be for nothing at some point. Which is crazy because, like we said, all you had to do is get these guys in the hotel. And that's and it. And leave them there. And that's it. Get on the bus, go to the hotel, what they say, go to the game. Things that are easy to do or easy not to do. Absolutely. You know? Mike, thanks for tuning in. Definitely. You know, and it's just crazy, man, that it has affected sports this much. And just in general, generally speaking, there are people still in our communities, in our society, in the public who 
still are under the impression or or, or the disbelief that this COVID thing is really an issue. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, it's not as rampant as when it first started, but we keep hearing that there's going to be a spike. Joshua Norris, thanks for tuning in. Mm-hmm. We keep hearing that there's going to be a spike. Right. We keep hearing that there's going to be another spike. And again, like I've constantly been saying, it, it does not discriminate. We've at, seen that at all. over the stretch run. And we're going back. It's October the 19th today. And we're going back to March. You know like I know. We're going back to March. I didn't come out the house. Absolutely. Like I, I've had my had my partner back for about three weeks now. I didn't come out the house, man. Like even when I went back to work for them six months in May, mm-hmm. I was so skeptical about going back to work. And it was working home, working and, home, and that was it. Yep. And even when I was at work, I mean, I'm taking a break and I'm going to my car. Like I'm trying not to. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're spaced all out yeah. in the joint and. Yeah. And and when 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 they decided to say all right, well the next phase we can't get to that just yet, mm-hmm. and I went back home. Yeah. I still didn't come. I was on my my deck half the time. Yeah. You know, th- thank God, thank God for air conditioning because I've just <laughs> through that whole time, and I'm going to go from March yeah. up until maybe last week. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the first week, second yeah. week in October. Yeah. I've started riding with my windows cracked. Yeah, for a long time, mm-hmm. I wouldn't ride with the windows open. Yeah. It's kind of, it was kind of weird. And it was it was a little weird, but it was the simple fact of the work environment that I'm in mm-hmm. and being out because I'm a central personnel, being out and seeing people handle it the way they handled it, mm-hmm. I felt like I was at risk mm-hmm. if I ruled my window, especially in the summertime. Yeah. yeah. I, people are still out doing what they do, not wearing masks, you know, not following the directions. And, and people forget and they take for granted that, you know, that old cliche laws are made to be broken. Yeah, I get that sometimes. But when it's a life-threatening situation, do the simple stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not going to hurt you. It's only there to help. I mean, I, honestly, I think, I honestly believe that certain people need to need to see it or feel it. Mm-hmm. It got to affect In order them. For them. Some to, people, it got to yeah. affect them somehow by way of a sibling, a parent, or whomever for you to get the the true effect yep. of it. For you for the realness. Yeah. Some people just gotta they I don't know why. I don't know why. Yep. I mean I, I do understand why yeah, yeah, people, but they gotta be literally smacked in the face. Right, but some people it just gotta it gotta get them. Yep, you and know it, it reminds I wouldn't me. wish that on nobody. I wouldn't wish it on you, but it reminds me of Mike Tyson. And you know, people will probably laugh at this <laughs> when it says you always yeah. everybody has a game plan until they get, get punched, punched in the mouth. In the face. Yeah. With that being said, it's 11.46, 46 minutes past the 11 a.m. hour. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, I got something I want to talk about real quick before we get into our Sixers talk and our NBA talk to proceed mm-hmm. on. And it's a topic that I think is going to get some, it's going to ruffle some feathers, and it's pun intended. So <laughs> we'll see you on the other side in just a few minutes. You are tuned in to Sports Rack. 50-year anniversary show. We will see you on the other side in just a few minutes, folks. Back to part two of today's episode of Sports Rap Podcast. Fifth-year uh, anniversary show. So, again, shout-outs to everyone that has been with us along the way. We definitely appreciate the support. 
tell a friend to tell a friend. Danielle Miller, thanks for tuning back, tuning in. Again, tell a friend to tell a friend. Anybody that is just joining us as far as social media or anything, please stay with us. You know, we, we give you what we do. We give you what we can. And like we said, we give it to you in a way that you will understand it from a fan's perspective. And you will also understand the business side of these sports because there's a lot that goes on that fans get caught up in wearing their fan hat, as we like to say. And then they don't understand what goes on behind the scenes for, for example, moves that are made the way they made. Perfect example, since we're talking basketball, like we mentioned, Elton Brand situation, he first became the GM. And it's just a little backtrack, a little history. His biggest, One of his biggest accomplishments as a Sixers GM was making the trades for uh, Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. For one, we all knew what Jimmy Butler was. Mm-hmm. So that was a great move. At the time, Tobias Harris can be considered a great move at that time because he was performing like an all-star at that particular moment. Right. Okay? So now people are immediately saying, hopefully Doc, uh, Doc Rivers can get him back to that. We all hope that. But, again, it all goes into system, excuse me, how people are used. And for the Sixers, we all agree that it's the accountability issue that really hurt us. Mm-hmm. And, I, and if you don't know, just a quick tidbit, that was part of the reason why Jimmy Butler did not stay here with us. He felt like there was no real accountability there was no solid structure within the coaching ranks towards the teammates that he had when he was here. So with that being said, I saw something the other day. And it came out and it kind of flew under the radar because there wasn't a lot of talk about it. So, of course, when I see things like that and I knew I had my partner with me, I had to bring it to the table because I know we can talk about it, we can break it down, and we can give you an idea of what could have possibly went into this whole situation. So there was put out a report that some of the L.A. Clippers teammates, I'm not going to tell you names, you're going to have to go find it after we talk about it, you're going to have to go find the names and research it and do what you do as I did, what I did, that were a little in some type of way. Mm-hmm. Which in which they called the preferential treatment of one Kawhi Leonard in regards to his load management. Always when you lose, when you lose, all the lights get turned on. And what they say, whatever happens in the dark will come to the light. Had they won, you probably never would have heard, heard of any of this. No, you know what I mean. And if you did, it would have been years later mm-hmm. when they're sitting. Across somebody, and you're, and they're giving you some information that you never knew about. Right. You lose your coach. In losing your coach, you lost your leadership. Yep. Now everybody is feeling some type of way. So now anything that could have ever happened, oh, they will to talk about it now because we don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's going to happen next. So I think this thing with Kawhi Leonard, I mean, we all know. Superstars, they get preferential treatment. Absolutely. I can I can tell you this. I can go back to when Minnesota had uh uh Alo Kevin Garnett, uh uh Sam Cassell, 
Gary Trent, and they all at the Four Seasons Hotel. And I'm down there. My man knew G Trent, and I'm cutting G Trent hair. And everybody's on the same floor, except who? Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett's in the penthouse suite. Mm -hmm. They're in a regular room. Yeah. These guys were in regular yeah, How did I guess rooms. that right off the bat? The soup, and he's the young guy. Yeah. But he's the superstar. He's on the top floor. Mm -hmm. Now, there's some resentment there because you got to remember, even though he takes the, the, the upstairs room, that's part of his contract. Yep. So it even went so far when they brought in, you know, and they talked about it on Stefan Marbury's documentary. Right, right. With Stefan Marbury. Right. There. You know, you got teams that say, no, well, this is our guy. We got to make sure he's comfortable. But what about the rest of them? Mm -hmm. And so that, that kind of, it ruffles, yeah. ruffles some feathers here right. and there. This thing going on over in L.A. with the Clippers, yeah, so it's getting real personal. Yeah, it, it's a great point. And the greatest point that you made in starting it off, Baldy, was the fact that they lost. Yeah, and, and, and again, it it, it, ideally, if they hadn't lost, we probably wouldn't be hearing about this. Yeah, because we know it goes on. It goes on on other teams, but mm -hmm. other teams probably didn't have guys like Kawhi Leonard who got load management. And you know, when the sad thing about the load management issue in the NBA is the simple fact that you can't just say that Kawhi is not playing tonight because mm -hmm. of rest. You definitely can't say low management, even right. though that's what they call it. Mm -hmm. It has to be some resemblance of some type of injury, which it always is, and we know that, whether the injury is real or not. But deep down inside, we know it's the low management. So... In a small way, I understand where these teammates are going, what they're getting at. Okay, he gets the rest, but I got to play. As mm -hmm. soon as I'm, I get an injury, as soon as the doctor say I'm cleared, right I'm getting minutes. I'm, I'm right back at it. This guy, nah, I'm not ready yet. He could be 100%, and I just, no, give me another day. I'll get another day. So... Do you think, my bad, Dan, I'm going to cut you off, but do you think that they did not want that to become another issue like it was in San Antonio? When 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 their doctor said mm -hmm. he was good, but he kept saying, I know I'm not, something don't feel right. Mm -hmm. So do you think they were a little precautious about having that, having that happen again yeah, with their superstar? I think, I think that's part of it. And... That situation was not so much played out, but it was in the public eye. Mm -hmm. And if you actually think about it, you know, and on another angle, that kind of started the downfall of the Spurs. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you think about it, Spurs weren't in the bubble this year. And, you know, we always talk about the Spurs. And one of the things I used to always say about the Spurs is they could be shaky but you all can't count them out. But somewhere down the line, they'll find a way to get in the mix. Last couple years, they couldn't find a way to get in the mix. Well, I mean, it kind of it kind of gives you a black eye when you lost your superstar and then the very next year. 
that same year, you he lose him. He yep. wins a Ch- chip. Ch- yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and you thought you got rid of him because he in the East, and right. then turn around, he comes right back. He becomes a thorn in your side again. And Nicholson, thanks for tuning in, yeah. bro. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's part of that thing where, as an organization, the Clippers might not have wanted it to be the same situation as it was mm-hmm. in uh, San Antonio. And like you said, the simple fact that there were battles between doctors, NBA doctors of the team, and then Kawhi Leonard's private doctors. Yeah. Who and were back and forth with the injury. Wrong with that one. Yeah. And, and, you know, so with the players speaking up now, I think it just shows in some ways, the respect that they had for Doc Rivers, where it wasn't brought up while he was still part of the organization. Also, with the expectations that were had for them this season. And another thing added into that mix to stir this pot is the fact that when there was an issue with Kawhi Leonard going to L.A., he lobbied for them to also bring in Paul George. They lost a whole lot getting PG over there. And they lost a lot. And as a teammate, you may not say it all the time, but as a teammate, those type of situations get you to thinking, well, I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. You, you, def- you got to bring this dude in to say, yeah, we can go further with this dude. And it could very well have been just the fact that the state of the NBA today, mm-hmm. where a lot of these younger players are wanting to play with someone else quite often. And we got to dispel this rumor or this thought process that just because we on the same team don't mean we like each other, man. Right. But if there's a common goal, yeah. you can get past. Yeah, you can get past it. And when you're watching a the game, there's times that I've seen, for example, Kyle Kuzma, and we talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. There are times when he's on the court where he says, Psh, now I'm trying to get buckets. Yep. And you can see it. You'll see people open. You'll see him not using the space. He'll, he'll drive his man right into an area where there's already another defender and a player and mm-hmm. shoot some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. That's... That's not teamwork, right? right? But that's him having that chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form when they bring him in in the second unit and you mm-hmm. feel like, is this time to go? Yeah. And it's kind of weird that people just think because we right. all play on the same team, or right. on the same team, yeah, like, that we all, we all just cool. Yeah, like, let's stay there for nah, a minute. Yeah, let's stay there like for a minute. The for LeBron James, Brandon Ingram was, to see the, was projected to be the next star in L.A. He the was drafted two number two. LeVar Ball. Yeah. That's when LeVar Ball was there. Yeah. They had a little combination. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to be the next. Yep. One-two combination. And ultimately, <laughs> LeBron comes in. <laughs> he got LeBron comes ball. in, and they don't make the playoffs. And his influence, both of these guys are going. Two very, very high. Two number two. Draft picks. Got rid of both. Who could have grown together 
even with LeBron there, they could have grown together. They they had to be willing to accept the fact that you won't be a starter, possibly. Mm-hmm. But you'll be a part of something. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, well, not for some reason, for all reasons and purpose, they knew that that wasn't going to work. Right. It, you know, it, That's it's, why they was willing to let them go. It's a lost art, like we say, it's a lost art for the mid-range game in the NBA. And right now, since we're talking about this, I feel like there's a lost art for some of these younger players knowing their history. And mm-hmm. piggybacking on the point that you just said, you could have been a part. I look back at the two Houston Rockets championships. Mm-hmm. Kim Olajuwon was the star. Arguably the lone star. The lone star. Kenny Smith was the starter. Mm-hmm. Robert Horry was a role player. Huge role player. Mm-hmm. Clyde Drexler was there. Mm-hmm. Otis Thorpe was there. Otis Thorpe was there. These guys are parts. Carl was there. But one of the guys... Mario Ellie. One of the guys who I felt did not get enough credit for his play in those two championships. Sam oh, Cassell. Sam Cassell. Yeah, no doubt. What he did in an in intermediate shot. Yep. And and it's no it, disrespect it to the names that we just yeah. called. And he was a rookie that first year. He mm-hmm. was a rookie hitting big shots, mm-hmm. giving out dimes, but because he can get into the teeth of the defense, allow mm-hmm. Robert Horry to knock down shot after shot, allow Mario Ellie to knock down shot after shot, allow Kenny Smith to knock down shot after shot, with still having a big that could go from the inside outside. Yep. You know what I mean? And it was just, remember the second chip, they wasn't ranked as high. They, they Absolutely. Right. You know what I mean? That's where and you at that get point, you yeah, they, never they had lost that, the they dropped in ranking, but, and it was, but it was a back-to-back. Yeah, and they added Clyde yep. the second time around. Mm-hmm. But Sam Cassell was the glue. Absolutely. He was the controller yeah. of the offense, even as a young dude. Mm-hmm. So the IQ of this young dude coming in mm-hmm. had to be extremely high because yeah. you had a Hall of Famer who yep. was going to get the ball, mm-hmm. and you were surrounded by veterans, mm-hmm. guys who had been in yeah. the league, and yeah. they trusted him enough. Right. But that mid-range and, and, shot, right. like and, you were and saying. You had, you had a floor general like yeah. Kenny Smith, Kenny Smith. Uh-huh. who was – going to get you the ball in the right place. And this is when we had the art of the big man in the league, which mm-hmm. is not real, really prominent right now. Right. But Kenny Smith to this day still will say to some of these younger guys, if you here at the hash mark or you this high on the port, I'm not giving you the ball until you get low. Mm-hmm. Basketball IQ, understanding your position, understanding your personnel, knowing what you have on the floor. It's a big difference. So now that we're... We've delved into this, I want to play with my friends and we're going to shoot the three in this positionless basketball. That aspect, yes, has changed. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is basketball is still basketball. And we don't want to be the old, we don't want to be the sour old heads. As if we we don't know that the the game game. can't evolve. Yes. But in evolution, there's still the core values mm-hmm. of the game. 
And so for some reason, these core value things, they don't exist. They don't no exist. More. Either you're shooting the three or you don't. Ask Brett Brown. Yeah. You're not trying to win if you ain't shooting the three. Let him tell it. One of the things I did not like about that offense, and don't get me wrong, went to two of his coaches' clinics. Mm-hmm. The coaching mind of Brett Brown is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Okay? I just think his faults were adjustments execution. and execution mm-hmm. and personnel mm-hmm. alignments. Because it bothered me that in the Sixers' demise was part the pick-and-roll situation. It bothered me an extreme amount that you were okay or you were willing to live with guys getting foul line extended jump shots. So in his language, two-point shots as opposed to the three-point shot. But if you hit enough of those shots, mm-hmm. you can still win the game. Still win the game. And it's a higher percentage shot. We, we got are, killed. It, this whole, this whole, all the time. This whole league, the whole Sixers organization was based off of one thing, analytics. Yep. So if the analytics say that a higher percentage shot, the chances of you scoring more, is 18 feet and under, why are we leading the league in threes? And we did not even a three-point team. Yeah. So you mean to tell me we're going to come into these games shooting 35, 40 threes a game and we not a three? You're trying to turn us into something that we're not. So where's mm-hmm. your identity? Right. And the minute you lose your identity, and that goes with life. Yep. If you don't know your identity, you are lost. You lost. If you don't know what you are, Mm-hmm. Then you'll try to you'll try to imitate everybody else. Yep. And that's what we were. We were a team of imitators. Yep. We were trying to create something that already existed, mm-hmm. but those things that existed had pieces to make it exist. Mm-hmm. We didn't have it. Mm-hmm. We still don't have it. Yep. Now we got to recreate Lohan, ourselves. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, you know I'm saying we yeah. recreating ourselves again. So now that we talking Sixers and we talk about when we were three bounces away from the Eastern Conference Finals. And still to this day, with the roster that was in that particular game against Toronto, I think we beat them in Game 7. Right. Because it came down to that shot, even with mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. Came down to that shot. And it's not like, you can go back and look at that play thousands of times. It's not like that shot was a given. No, it wasn't. It, it was bounced around. And he had to shoot it over a 7-foot 2. In the corner. After, away. after the getting away from a 6-foot 10 yeah. defender. Yeah. So it was an extremely tough shot, fading into the corner, almost on an angle behind the backboard. If you shot that shot ten times the same way, I, I might got him hitting it three, two. Two. I would say two. Might get it twice. Mm-hmm. Because of the way it bounced on the mm-hmm. rim. And because of the way his body was going. His body was turned right. towards the out of bounds. Yep. He was fading outward. Mm-hmm. You shoot this over seven foot two guy whose hand who played good defense yep. on the shot. Yeah, played very good defense. Yeah, you know I'm saying so. You could yeah. I, like I couldn't be mad at the right. defense, and that's why I said that at that particular moment. I mean, I was disappointed because I'm a fan. I was mad they let him turn that corner though. I was mad at that part. <laughs> you no, know. make no mistake. And then when I saw the shot, I'm like, there's no way he's yeah. making. 
So he made it. Yeah. You know, it bounced and he dropped it. But now you know what? And here's what we always do. The shot may have may have ended our run, but let's go back to the stats. Mm-hmm. In the stats, we shot under 30% from the threes. So here we you got all these <coughs> long rebounds that transition into fast break. So we lost the fast break, uh we lost a fast break stat, mm-hmm. right? Not only did we lose a fast break stat, but what they did on the perimeter to our guards, yep. we lost that battle. So it may it may have looked yeah. like it came down to the last shot, but when you go back and you dig it, like we said, go behind that, go beyond that, mm-hmm. we lost certain categories that had we evened it. Yep. We probably won that game. Probably won that game. You know, yeah. so yeah, it might have came down to a last Miraculous mm-hmm. shot, which will always be etched in the brain of basketball always. forever. Yeah, it, it's going to hurt. But it, it's going to be there for a while. I think that for us, it, it's going to sound crazy. Had we went, Brett Brown would still be here. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. things happen for a reason. Yeah. Hey, welcome home, yeah. Doc. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Glenn. So, again, yeah, welcome we to Glenn Rivers. We already got Doctor here. Yeah. So, you welcome, to Glenn. Welcome, Glenn, <laughs> into the mix. And... Again, there's been a lot of chatter. These are all rumors, alleged rumors, about trade possibilities and all this other type of jazz. The roster does need to be adjusted, mm-hmm. but it's going to be difficult because of the amount of money that was spent. Right. In the roster that just finished the season. So there's also been talk about which one of Doc's former players would likely come and join the Sixers. What's your what's your what's your your wish list in terms of position? Now we, we said that possibly Doc mm-hmm. who which one of Doc's well, players if yeah. you have your 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 wish list of Let's just say we got three players to get, and we got an opportunity from to, that current Clippers from team that, that just current, finished. From that current Clippers team that you wouldn't mind implementing into what we got here, and they're available. We talked about last week mm-hmm. who's available, who's so, not. Who would who would be those three or two, two or three? So one would definitely be Lou Williams, a return of Lou Williams, mm-hmm. the ultimate six man, the scorer that can get you a bucket. That you can just get put in the game and say, look, we needed some buckets from you. And he gets to the free throw line. So he's a double scorer. Mm-hmm. He can score the ball and he gets to the free throw line. I think in a small way, Patrick Beverly. Right. Need some toughness. Because you need some toughness on the wing at that guard position. And then after that, it gets kind of tough. Um, I, I'm kind of stuck between Montrezl Harrell and Jermichael Green. And people are probably saying, Jermichael Green, whatever. Listen. I like his game. You have to go back and watch Clippers basketball. He's one of those guys who comes in, there's no plays run for him, but he can score the ball. Can score. He can play defense. And he does his job. He's never been 
put in a situation where he had to go out and do more than his job. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, as a coach, player, it makes you a lot more comfortable in being able to succeed at your job. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, Jermichael, you, you going in. And there's not much that needs to be said. You know yeah, you what know you can what you do. Want, you yeah. know what we need yeah. you to do. And you know that he's going You trust that he's going to go and do that. Yeah. So, again, the bringing in of a guy like Doc Rivers, and I keep saying Doc because it's just a habit. And I understand I'm where always, he goes. I'm, yeah. I'm always where I understand Coach where Rivers. he is with it, with the Doc thing or whatever. But now you have a former NBA point guard, solid mm-hmm. former NBA point guard, who knows the game. And can definitely help our guards. Because we need a lead guard. Mm -hmm. And people are going to say, well, Ben Simmons is the point guard. And I'm going to go back to what I've been saying ever since Brett Brown gave him the ball. He's playing point guard. Mm -hmm. In my opinion, the point guard position in the NBA is one of the hardest to learn if you've never played it before. Mm -hmm. To play it at the NBA level. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, okay. it's like a it's like a it's and, like a high school yeah, basketball and, player. It's like a high school football player leaves out as a as a wide receiver and then gets to the league and they make him a quarterback. Yep, you know what I mean. And, and a lot of people will probably try to argue or try to debate and say, "Well, Magic did it. He was always a Magic was always, was always a, point, a guard. point guard. He just happened to be six nine. Yeah, and, and we go we go back." What's in your what's in your game is what's in your game. That's why we always mm-hmm. say as youth, you teach every kid how to handle the ball and yep. continue to handle the ball because you don't know if you're gonna cap out at five eight right. or six ten. Right. This is why Anthony Davis is so good at dribbling the ball. Mm-hmm. He get a seven inch growth spurt, but yep. he was a point guard the majority of his life. Mm-hmm. Paul Gasol yeah. was a point guard all his life. Growth spurt. Marcus played point guard. Gross mm-hmm. Charles Barkley yeah. was a point guard. Get a little gross spurt. So these and ben guys Simmons was yeah, the transition. He was a transition. And that's what makes it so difficult for him because even when he sprouted up a little bit, he was never still at the point guard position. No. But he's what LeBron is. He likes the he mm-hmm. likes the dish. He likes that. And, and and that's why I asked you what was, or what were the three, possibly two or three mm-hmm. that you would incorporate, and I and I will, I'm always going to go back to identity. Mm-hmm. Okay, well we all if we just about scoring, then we don't need Pat Bev if we just going to score. Yeah. So let's go get Lil Cuss. Mm-hmm. He on free agent. Give me Lou. And you give me whoever you want after that, because mm-hmm. then now we got now we got a five that can score. Mm-hmm. We got. Two guys that can create their own shot. Three. Mm-hmm. Something that we haven't had in a while. You'll, you'll get Lou Williams, who can create. Mm-hmm. Is he better coming off the bench, or is he better being a starter? He's been a starter before. Yep. Yeah. It's just a matter of monitoring minutes because he's not the young Lou no more. Right. But at the same time, it's firepower. So if you if the identity is we're going to score, then naturally, mm-hmm. yeah, I can go without Pat Bev. Mm-hmm. But... If we're going to be a mixture of both 
that you got to give me, Pat Bet. Yeah. I got to take that because yeah. this dude. That's that toughness. His energy is like how Vernon Maxwell was. Yeah. How he ain't going to score a lot. Right. But, and he ain't scared to shoot. Not scared to shoot. But he want to lock down. And he he's going to give you, He's going to give you that toughness on the win. Yeah. And Something that's, that we have not had yeah. in a long time. I at? mean, I, I can go. But I'm sitting here right now, and I'm running through my head. I can just picture plays where Shake Milton was completely turned around on pick and rolls. Mm-hmm. I can picture in my mind Ben Simmons chasing around a point guard on the other end of the floor. Which should never happen. He's 6'11". There's no way mm-hmm. he should be tasting a six-foot point guard. But on the other end, mm-hmm. the opposite, you flip the page, he should be able, if that guard is guarding him, he should be able to punish that guard on the other end. And that offense has had simplicity. Yeah. The offense has to realize where the advantages are. Mm-hmm. The simplistic part of the game which has never changed. Yep. The big guy has a smaller guy on him. Everybody move. Like Shaq say, barbecue chicken. That's it. Yeah, that that's is simple. it. And 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 more than likely, he's going to have that advantage. Yep. Often. And, and you've got him as one of arguably the a top eight player in the NBA, not just on the team, not just in the conference, in the entire NBA. But it it, it, it drives me crazy when dudes just want to. Like, that ain't my game. Put it in your game. Absolutely. What you mean it ain't your game? Absolutely. It's the advantage on the on the court. Yep. So what do you mean it's not your game? Yep. Brian, if LeBron James, 10 years ago, 10 years ago, decided to post up, he would have 40,000 points right now. Mm-hmm. Probably one or two more rings. He would, would have damn near 40,000 points because... The way he scores and the way and the way he can get to a bucket is crazy. Now you can't do that. Now he's posting up. Mm-hmm. He's a passer by nature. Mm-hmm. So if he ever had developed true post moves, it, it, man, listen, you know man. It, it takes me back to where we started. Still a great dude, but it takes me back to where we started. And it's not you brought that up and Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. When you look at his game, when you watch Kawhi Leonard play. When Kawhi Leonard wants to get a shot, he, he gets get that shot. He gets it. Almost every time he has the ball, he gets whatever shot he wants to get. He gets it. And and, and people will argue a thousand times. Well, what you saying? Uh, Kawhi better than Brian? His offensive skill set is. Yeah. Shit, you can damn near say defensively he is. Yeah. But overall. And that's just, that's gravy. Yeah. But overall, Brian is the more complete guy. Because now you're throwing in physicality, his physical makeup. Mm-hmm. But Ka- Kawhi is the better free throw shooter. Yep. Well, Brian's the better passer. They damn near even on these rebounds. Mm-hmm. The only difference was Kawhi played with a dominant big man for a long time. So mm-hmm. those boys went to Timmy D. Yep. You know what I mean? Where Brian was the guy right. for the majority. You know what I mean? So the statistical aspect of what people say all the time is not in stone man like right. there are reasons like people yeah. skip over cold and Absolutely. cold came in behind yeah. an all-star yep they they traded away all-star to get the 17 year old kid absolutely 
And then the kid had to wait a couple years, then they traded away another all-star to play him. Mm-hmm. Then when he got an opportunity to play, he had to defer. Mm-hmm. Who has Bron had to defer to? Nobody. Nobody. He's the guy. This is this yeah. your show. You do what you want and rock and roll. You know Absolutely. what I mean? If Kobe would have stayed in Carolina, if he would have stayed with the Horns, I mean Charlotte, if he'd mm-hmm. stayed with Charlotte, probably wouldn't have won no chips. No. But individually? Oh, he'd have been the man. He'd have been crazy. He had about 38,000 points, he too. Crazy stuff. He wasn't passing the ball to no nobody. Everybody. Yeah, nobody. But that's that's what I mean about when we talk about specific things like that, and we get in the... We kind of go into detail of certain things that mm-hmm. people don't want to go, and then when we go there, they start denying it, and you like, well, yeah. you can't deny when it. And all of a sudden, it's hate. It's yeah, not hate, like, oh, it's no, just analyzing. Just, hate, no, no, you like, yeah. if we're going to be analytical, and you're going to bring up analytics, which are statistical values of a player and the game, mm-hmm. then you got to do your homework and, and go behind the words and dig a little further in why this person got 30-something thousand points. Yeah. Why does he have 30,000? Yeah. Absolutely. Brian can score. You see how many points he got? Right. But let's look at why. Because you can get guys coming every year that can score. That don't mean they're going to come to a team that's going to allow them to jack for 17 years. And will they even have the ability to score like that for that long? Yeah. You know what I mean? And Brian has been preserved. Mm-hmm. In a way that when you look at the year's render, you got to look at the company that was attached to him. Mm-hmm. And the company that was attached to him were bona fide superstars that allowed him not to have to do everything. Right. And these guys yeah. can do that. Yep. You know what I mean? So he may once in a while need a little break because he's getting older. Mm-hmm. But he's this man has been preserved. So when you see him in year 17... Still windmilling and all that, and then, oh yeah, yeah, yeah man, some, he, he, the tread on his tires is still came. Put that quarter in there; he still got some yeah. tread left. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Where a lot of guys, they were on teams like how Dominique was. He was it. Yeah. And his tire tread burned out the minute he yep. tore that ACL. That was Done it. Good. Yeah. That was it. So we got to stop trying to. We can't keep gauging these guys under the same belt. And like Kareem said, we're going to talk about people that are the GOATs. You can't because everybody did not play under the same rules, one. Two, you didn't play under the same coaching. Three, we didn't play against the same players. So if everybody had Kareem's coach and if everybody had Kareem's players, Mm-hmm. And you played against the same people, Kareem. How can you say you're better? Right. That's like new rappers talk about they better than the old rappers. But the old rappers were the were the in, were the innovators of what you're trying to remix. Mm-hmm. We created this lane. Yep. It's the reason why you why you got this contract. Yeah. Because of the hard work, the innovation that happened yep. before. So mm-hmm. it's just crazy, yeah, man. And, it's and crazy. You know, it, it's a big thing. And one of the things you just mentioned about the role players. Or the players that people played with, role players now are a lot different than role players when we were younger in the uh, mid '80s, early '90s, early '80s. Those were players. We ran off that Houston team, right? Those role players. We talked about the Sam Cassell, even though he was a rookie. We talked about Otis Thorpe. 
and he don't get a lot of credit. Absolutely. Because he was a rebounding machine for them. Yeah. Him and Carl Herrera. Carl Herrera. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and when we talk about role players, we, we can even go Utah Jazz, Byron Russell. Mm-hmm. Now you look at today's role players. A lot of today's role players are one-trick ponies. Mm-hmm. Either they're very athletic, they can shoot, or they play defense, play mm-hmm. really good defense. But you lose something on the other end as far as with that defensive player. You're going to play defense, but you lose something. So now you're, in essence, playing five on four. Right. Or four on five. With that one-trick pony... If all he can do is shoot the three, when is he going to incorporate a little bit of a dribble? Maybe just a sidestep to get a better three-point mm-hmm. shot because mm-hmm. that's the way the game changes. Or back in the day, it was, I'm going to take a dribble in, I'm going to shoot this mid-range. But no, I can still stretch out to that three. So now you know if you run at me, right. I'm going by you and I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to the cup or I'm yeah. two steps behind you and I'm knocking down this 15-footer instead of this 20-footer. Mm-hmm. You know. Which was that issue with Robert Covington. He led all, all. You hear me, people, if you watching, he led all players in catch and shoot threes. Mm-hmm. That includes Steph. Mm-hmm. That, that includes both, both of the Splash brothers. Yeah. He led the league in catch and shoot. So that means he wasn't thinking huh. about pump fake and putting and, it down and doing nothing else. Right. And, and the difference between those two and Robert Covington, like you just mentioned, both of those two Splash Brothers can dribble. Yeah, yeah, and that's what makes them dangerous. The fact that you can't just run out to them. You can, go ahead. Yeah. But that pump fake coming. Yep. Is they can pump fake, I mean, sidestep. What was the game Clay had? He scored 30 points and on four dribbles. Four dribbles. And they, listen. But the dribbles were calculated and precise. They were, they were led with a pump fake. And there was a pump fake sidestep pull up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you yeah, you're right, Kenny. That's why they're role players. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, and, and we talk about how role players and all. Like, listen, if you're gonna have a real conversation about basketball, and I'm and 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 I hate to be the old guy, mad at the young punks for not knowing, but young punks, listen, the players that came in the '80s. Were skilled position players. Yep. Your shooters shoot, your point guard distributes, your big man post. Mm-hmm. If you were in high school when you were six eight, you were a center. Yep. If a if a coach even seen you shoot a three, your ass sitting Somebody on the bench. Somebody get him. Somebody get him. So Somebody get him. To sit you down for a second and tell you don't do it again. Yep. The evolution of basketball don't come by way of the states. It come by way of the coaches going over overseas, seas, seeing yeah. them having different skill sets, bringing and, them back, and saying this is what it's yeah. got to be. And the scary part is, for a long time, the NBA American players were head, shoulders, made head, shoulders, torso above the European mm-hmm. players because of athleticism. But now they are quickly catching up, if yeah. not already caught up. Well, let's be real. The players in this country emulate the Europeans. Yes. They right. emulate yeah, them. Yeah, the Euro step. They, they're emulating their whole game, mm-hmm. which is a perimeter game. Right. 
it's no longer a power game in terms of be, and I said this before, we talked about this. How is it there and go to go to college basketball? Mm-hmm. How is it there a collegiate player understanding the dynamics of rebound as a skill set mm-hmm. and attributing that to the league and earning yeah. your money? Yeah. Because it don't matter. The way the way Dennis Rodman went about it, he can teach you that. He can teach you to study the guys that's on your team, where they shoot, how they shoot, and how those how those rebounds come off. Yep. You learn that you, you do the same thing yep. when, when you go in there and uh and you shoot a thousand shots. Yep. How about you rebound a thousand rebounds? Yep. Kenny Lomez just mentioned Luca. So yeah, Luca's caught up. I mean, you can go even further. You yeah. can say Jokic. Most definitely. Most definitely. But the thing about Jokic is this. He ain't just a three-point shooter. No. He know when he got that little joke on him, and he does that that quick shoulder spin, and he to the bucket. It ain't gotta be a dynamic dunk. It's a finish at the rim, yep. and that's what these dudes the not doing. Yes. So he stands out amongst all bigs. Mm-hmm. He stands out as the better big amongst bigs. Why? Because his post play is better than everybody else's, and then his perimeter play, he still sells it. He don't yep. shoot it all the time. Right. He sell it and step in. Yep. So, so I mean, look, man, we can, we can, man, we go, we go hours for this. Oh, absolutely. But the kick about how we start seeing the game and how it's transitioning can only make sense when the ears are open. If your right. ears aren't open to how things used to be, how things are, and how things can right. continue to be, if you ain't yeah. listening, then it, it's on deaf ears. It had to start from somewhere. It had to start from somewhere. Yep. Now, with that being said, twelve forty-four. Yeah, 15 minutes, 16 minutes left in the show. So we got to get to some football picks. Yep. Okay, we got week seven. Like I said, we got the two Monday night games tonight that will wrap up week six, and we'll definitely get those scores up for you. Tomorrow, I will definitely post the week seven schedule. Hopefully there won't be any changes in this schedule. So we're going to go to it. Thursday, this coming Thursday, October 22nd, it all, all kicks right, off. All right, all right. New York Giants are at the Philadelphia Eagles. From what I saw yesterday, I'm going to go with the Eagles at home. All right, I'm just going to be a jerk. <laughs> you're going to pick the Giants. That's understandable. I'm just going to totally, be a jerk. <laughs> totally understandable. Then we can move into Sunday's games. Detroit at Atlanta. The lesser of two evils. I'm going with Detroit. All right, Tros. I'm going to go with your Detroit Lions. I've been talking dirty about them. I'm going to go with your Detroit Lions. Cleveland. I want to see young boy. I want to see... Uh, uh, I want to see Sweat do something. Yeah, Cleveland at Cincinnati. I'm gonna go with, with Cleveland. I'm going with Cleveland too. I think their their skill positions have they have are better, more talented than Cincinnati. Chargers and the Dolphins. I I'm going with Miami because Miami has figured out how to run the ball, mm-hmm. and the Chargers have a little issue against the run. Okay. So, so I'm gonna play. Go I'm gonna play the devil's advocate here. This game. This game. I'm gonna go with the Chargers on the road. All right. Carolina at New Orleans. I'm going. I'm going with New Orleans. I'm going with Drew Brees and the Saints at home. The Bills are at the Jets. I think we going both with going with that. We're going with Buffalo. Dallas at Washington. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm going with Dallas there. All right, Dallas. Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Hmm. Yes. Like this matchup. Mm, mm. Like this matchup. And 
unless it was Baltimore playing to the level of their competition yesterday, I see some things, but I'm still going to go with the Steelers. I'm, I'm going I'm to tell you something. If they see, I got to go with Pittsburgh. It's Only one. because Baltimore's running situation is mm-hmm. kind of hampered. Yep. And, and prior to that, I would have went with the Ravens. Yeah. But and Pittsburgh is a physical defense, so Lamar Jackson is going to have to be careful. They're yeah. going to have to throw that ball. Yeah, Lamar's going to have to be careful. Green Bay at Houston. Hey. Well, Green Bay just got beat, they just, they so got I, I see them. I see them bouncing back and winning that game. Yeah, I, I, I get that. One. Seattle at Arizona. Division game. Mm. I like Russell. I, I, I'm going with Seattle. Kansas City at Denver. I'm going with KC. Go with KC there. The Niners are at the Patriots. I'm going with my guys. I'm going with my Niners. I'm going with the Niners, too, there. Oh, my Niners. Tampa Bay at Las Vegas. I'm going with LV. Okay. I'm going to go with Tampa Bay, there. I'm going to go with I'm not. I'm not still not sold on Derek Carr, so I'm going to go with Tampa Bay. Nice. Next Monday, Chicago at the L.A. Rams. Surprisingly, the way they're playing, I'm dipping. I'm going with Chicago. I think the Rams kind of got a bad taste in their mouth. What the Niners did to him. Oh, yeah, it's very possible. So, uh, I'm going to flip the coin. I'm going to go with the Rams. Okay, cool. So, there you have it, folks. Those are our week seven picks. As you know, the schedule will go up tomorrow, like Baldy has been saying all morning. Please list or, you know, photocopy, I mean, photo screenshot the schedule, check off your picks, go in order of the schedule as it will be easy for us mm-hmm. to keep track of your picks. And finally, once again, we close out today, five years in the making, looking forward to plenty more. Just flashback, shout outs to some people that have been with us along the way from the very beginning. Aunt Gilbert, always a good friend of the show, always great advice, always great advice for the both of us and how we handle what we handle as far as being in the media. Mm -hmm. Good friend of his, James Clark. Definite basketball knowledge. JC. Who always, always, when he's available, chimes in and gives us top-notch basketball knowledge. To everyone else along the way, and I know I'm forgetting some people, uh, Philadelphia Soul mm-hmm. for having us down there. Another guy, Joe Richmond, who's been on the tail end, but very, very important to us. Uh, good friend, great friend of the station, great friend of the show, great person in general shout outs to you for all that you do always being willing to assist us in anything that we need anything that we may need help in mm-hmm. to everyone here that works at, at, at the station Corey and jay Corey and reezy uh the voice no chill yeah Ange rights yeah uh newly minted uh rock the barber mm-hmm. everybody else that's here with us though that has been here with us we definitely appreciate the support to all of our social media listeners on my end on baldy's end everybody that tunes in and we know all of you can't tune in with us and chime in action every mm-hmm. monday but just know that we see you and also on our social media uh outlets we definitely appreciate all of the support unfortunately the pandemic has hit us in a way where we cannot be out 
mm-hmm. like we usually are, because you know we like doing our events and getting to meet and greet with our fans and our friends and our listeners. So hopefully we will definitely get back to that soon. But again, five years in the making, looking forward to plenty more. Shout out to Frank, even though he's celebrating, you know, we appreciate you being mm-hmm. here with us. We appreciate you chiming in, tuning in all the time. And once again, finally, shout out to the boss lady Most for Most instilling the trust in us to do what we do. Um, always encouraging. Always encouraging and always on our side. And mm-hmm. I'm sure she's tuned in. If not, she will see this. And she always says to me, Dwayne, you can do what you want. Mm-hmm. But I told her, out of respect, I, I, I'll do what I want, but I'm going to let you, I'm going to make note of it to you mm-hmm. so you know what I'm doing every time. So mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate that. And it, that's a blessing. Um, I will be here Wednesday morning um, assisting the morning rush with Rock the Barber. So look out for that. Mm-hmm. Ball, do you got anything you want to chime up? Oh, man, anybody? I just want to say, brother, it's, it, who knew? Who knew? Absolutely. You know, like I said, I mean, me coming here was really, like, kind of crazy because I was just visiting. Yeah. I was calling uh, call in, talk, we busted up. Mm-hmm. This was Shiloh and everybody was coming yep. down there. And, again, I just happened to, all right, come on up. Mm-hmm. You know, and, man, it's been, it's been a heck of a ride. But I want to say to you, you keep this vehicle moving. Appreciate you know it. what I mean? And this doesn't, this doesn't function. It doesn't, it doesn't maintain without you, brother. This show does not, it doesn't work. Appreciate that. So to you, brother, happy anniversary, man. Happy anniversary to we you as well. The anniversary trail. Yes, indeed. Appreciate you. you know? So we're going to be nice and we're going to hold our party in the studio till the boss lady comes back oh, so man. she can see mm-hmm. all of the shenanigans <laughs> that we're going to have when she comes back. So with that being said, 1252. The weather is changing. We are into the fall season. Mm-hmm. So people dress accordingly. We're going to hit some warm spots uh, this week with the 70s. So don't get, too, don't get too outrageous. Keep in mind, as always, stay safe. You know where to find me, at SportsRap underscore D on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, more so on the group SportsRap Podcast, which I changed the name to mm-hmm. for right now. Uh, you can find the podcast on iHeart, Breaker. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The webpage, sportswrapradio.com. Mm-hmm. And always, Heat 100 Radio, heat100radio.com. Oh, yeah. You can Ball definitely, you can get with me on Instagram, Ball75, or you can get with me on Facebook, Aaron Baldy Moore. And that's where we at with it. Absolutely, folks. Enjoy the two games tonight. We will see you all week on social media. And right back here on Monday, 11 a.m. See you. Thanks for all the support. Hopefully looking for five more years and then some. Enjoy. We don't play because that's what we do here. We don't play. We give you sports as we see it, and we love you all for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.